and we are back. We had to take last week off because Emily uh, it, uh, had gotten a, a new house and was painting and tired, and I'm working too much. But yeah, this is Anne and Emily Wrestle Podcast, episode 26. My name is Annalise. We're going to be doing our WrestleMania coverage two weeks after everyone else did it. And to help me with that is Emily the Raven. Ah, it is I. <laughs> I cut out part of her intro because, you know, we're, we're, we're cutting for time. we got TV time coming on. Uh, we have a lot to do today, and we still have a stacked show, and we have a lot of things to talk about. But we want to start by making an appeal to, you know, the man. And this goes out to Tony Khan. Tony, you are apparently, according to Twitter and the internet, paying off the dirt sheets to, to say nice things about you. Um, clearly, Ollie Davis and Sean Ross Sapp are cashing your checks. We get it. You also have a lot of money to do an independent analysis, independent in air quotes, of the anti-AW bots on Twitter. Um, so what we're asking, Tony, is we got like pretty much 90% nice things to say about you, your companies, and everything you do. Can we get in on this? Come oh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us on, let us on the, the gluten-free vegan gravy train. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's, it's, a gravy ta- it's a gravy train uh, made with no meat drippings and cornstarch. <laughs> so Ju- the ghost of, hold on the ghost of Jula child is, call, is is coming in and says that's a sauce and not a gravy oh, so no. that doesn't mean it's not delicious <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not delicious um but yeah uh seriously tony um going on twitter and talking about anti-aw bots and an independent an- analysis that you paid for if you paid for it tony it's not independent Okay, <laughs> we really love you, but come on, come on, stop it, stop it, Tony, stop it. Just, 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 just go book great wrestling because you've been the booker of the year like the past three years, and everything you're doing is wonderful, and we really love you, but stop it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and by the way, there are definitely anti AEW bots, and it's there's definitely. No, and and this is this is the the joke's over. There's definitely anti AW bots. I have no doubt whatsoever that WWE is running anti AW bots because you know how easy it is to set up bots on Twitter. Oh my gosh, the whole bot thing. I mean, this is a huge deal for every type of media. Like, ev- you know, like it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, if you look at like the money behind it, a lot of it is has come out and been proven to originate from like Russia, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 really disturbing. And if you have the money to pay for it, I and honestly, it's probably not even that expensive when you think about like expenses that companies are going to make and advertising revenue. It just boggles the mind, like how much things can be manipulated. Yep. And it's just, it's a thing that needs to stop. And people need to stop fighting with bots, stop arguing with bots, stop retweeting what bots tweet, and really try to focus on what people are doing. And Twitter needs to, like, get rid of the bots, but first, we need to get rid of the Nazis. Whew. Yeah. 
So, okay, that was a little bit of fun. And now, what we were planning on doing last week, but we couldn't do it for various reasons. I watched all of WrestleMania. And when we talked on WrestleMania night one to do uh, the 80th episode and the third anniversary of Q for Fun on uh, April 2nd, I had just started watching Cody Rhodes' debut, which was perfect. It really was. It really was excellent. And it was after we finished up that recording and I went back to watch the remainder of it, I realized that what I had just seen was really fucking good. And you know how that hurts me. And it hurts me for lots of reasons that I'm going to talk about. And by the way, Emily, jump in at any time if I'm talking, because, you know. I did two <laughs> twit longers to just, like, break down how I felt about the various matches on WrestleMania. You can go to our Twitter and Emily Pod and read those. I'm kind of proud They're of them. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah. So please, please read them. I mean, I'm I'm not into WWE at all. but they. Like, I'm not into WWE at all. They're good... <laughs> Good reports. <laughs> this is this this is professional masochism. Okay, we could probably do this show without me being willing to cover to cover WWE. But there's just so much content here that I feel is important to the industry. That if we're going to do a wrestling podcast, we have to talk about this. But here's the thing: Night One was the best pay per view, other than revolution or all out that i have seen over the past several years now i'm actually including i am actually including wrestle kingdom in it because while i love the wrestling in wrestle kingdom i didn't wrestle kingdom didn't feel like a pay-per-view it felt like i was watching a really good wrestling show which i loved but it didn't have the spectacle it didn't have the pomp and as much as I kind of poo-poo that stuff, it's like, I'm here for the wrestling. I'm a wrestling fan. I really enjoyed everything on night one after they dispatched of the Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin bullshit match. And after the very, very, very unfortunate uh, botch that happened um, in the Usos versus Shinsuke and Rick Boogs. Um, by the way, uh, uh, Mr. Boogs, please, please heal up. Please get better. You've actually been one of the bright spots in SmackDown, and thank you. Um, but here's the thing. This whole night turned around when Logan Paul got in the ring, and he was good. Like, he did not look like he was wrestling his first match ever. Now, to be fair, he's in there against... Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio, a second and third generation wrestler who can do these things in their sleep. And Rey can make any, anyone look good. But Rey can't make anyone not look green, and Logan Paul didn't look green. And then, while the match was good, I was never into the match until The Miz turned on Logan Paul at the end. I'm like, oh, holy shit, now I care. So they can tell a story. <laughs> They can tell a story that I cared about. And, and then it just went up and up from there. Becky and Bianca, this match needs to be talked about. First of all, Tyson Kidd and Molly Holly are 
fucking genius producers. And if their contracts ever lapse with WWE, AEW should snap them up. So should anybody else who can get them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the great women's matches that WWE has been producing for the last half a decade are because Tyson Kidd is the producer. Yeah. And so, and Molly Holly having joined as producer last year is certainly uh, just, she was again, one of those people who in the aughts was just way ahead of her time, like wanting to be a wrestler in the divas era. Um, And so they, they produced this, this banger of a match between Bianca and Becky. It was fantastic. It is definitely a match that everyone should see. It is the third or fourth best match of the year at this point. And then Cody Rhodes' debut. I have rewatched the his in, his entrance. First of all, Seth Rollins' entrance was fantastic on its own. And Cody Rhodes' entrance following that as Rollins, quote, didn't know, unquote, who his opponent was going to be. Everyone knew who it was going to be. Everyone knew who it was going to be. But he kept, because Cody owns his whole gimmick. He owns everything. He owns the music. He owns the outfit. He owns the name. He owns the trademark, the American Nightmare. He can take that gimmick anywhere and use it. And the pop the way the audience treated him like he was a big deal and the way Seth Rollins from his facials in the ring before Cody got there to the way he treated him in the ring to the way he treated him the next night on raw and the, and the week after that on raw, when your top, when one of your top guys is treating your incoming talent like a top guy, that is how you put someone over and rock and strap a rocket to their back. They have done everything everything right with Cody Rhodes and I'm in shock. I thought for sure they were going to fuck this up. But they let him they let him uh write his own shit. He is not having shit written for him by uh writers. He's not having to ask for permission to say wrestling and wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um and the promo he did the next night about Dusty Rhodes having won a match for the WWE or WWF championship in 1977, but having won it by countout, which was the closest Dusty Rhodes ever got to that belt. And the story he told about what he was back for was because he had wanted to win that belt and give it to his father before he died. That's what he wanted to do at eight years old. And so you start, they, they've allowed him to build the correct story. And I am happy with that. And then all of the celebrity bullshit. Okay. Um, I hated Johnny Knoxville wrestling Sami Zayn. I hated that whole match. I hated the giant mousetrap finish. Here's what I can say, though. Sami Zayn had the most fun of anyone on WrestleMania weekend. Sami Zayn loved doing crazy, stupid shit. It was, it was basically a, a, a PWG match with a budget. It really was. It really was. It was not a good PWG match because I like PWG comedy. Um, 
But the thing that I can say about Johnny Knoxville is the exact same thing I can say about Logan Paul. He fucking took what he was doing seriously, and he looked good. So even though this match was not for me, the crowd was into it the whole time. They were into everything that was happening. And they had a good time with it. So kudos to Johnny Knoxville. Kudos also to Pat McAfee, who first of all, it wasn't his first time in the ring because he had done two bangers in NXT, one with Adam Cole, and then again against the Undisputed Era in War Games. And yeah, Adam Cole can have a good match with a broom, but Pat McAfee and Austin Theory had a really great 10-minute match. And then Pat McAfee sold like a champ for Vince McMahon, who just, what, what, what was that even? Dave Meltzer gave it negative two stars for Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. But McAfee made it look good. And then McAfee then turned around and did the best spit, t- spit take on a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then pretended to be mostly knocked out while pouring a beer down his throat on the floor on the outside of the ring in one of the best gifts of the weekend in a weekend where there were some pretty fucking epic gifts. So a lot was really good. The positive buzz of WrestleMania was they had met my burden to not cancel my sub to Peacock because as much as there was stuff on the show that I didn't like and that I didn't care for, I can't sit here and say that this was a bad show. It wasn't. They met the burden. This is this was worth my time to watch all of it. There was actually some good stuff in here. There was some shit because it's WWE. But here's what makes me so mad. Other than following up with Cody Rhodes' storyline, which they have to do because if they do not treat Cody Rhodes right, no one is going to come to WWE ever again. If they do not get Cody Rhodes right they're never going to get anyone else to sign with them. And that's just wow. the reality. Do you, you, do you really, do you really think that? Like, I do. do you, you think even with as much money as they offer? I don't, be- I think that the amount that wrestlers are getting paid. And a lot of this I'm getting from the fact that I'm now a subscriber, subscriber to Fightful Select. Um, $5 a month. Everyone should do it. Support Sean Ross Sapp and the great journalism that Fightful does. Um, I really think that no named star, no star with actual clout is going to choose to come to WWE if they fuck up Cody Rhodes. Mm. I, think that, I think that the amount of money that Tony Khan is going to be able to throw around for both Ring of Honor and AEW, the amount of money that... Um, New Japan can throw around for top stars. And the fact that now that we're exiting the pandemic, wrestlers can go back to making their living on independent bookings. No one has to go work at a place that makes them miserable. Mm, and, that's a good point. And so the WWE's burden on Cody Rhodes is so fucking high that if they do not make him a big deal constantly, if they do not make him the biggest deal constantly and and tout you know this is this is the one win they've had over AEW since 2019 started this is the one thing they've gotten over AEW because so many of the best wrestlers from WWE 
have left. I mean, you even had Randy Orton this week talking on Pat McAfee's show about how much he misses having Daniel Bryan around. Yeah. Because I heard that. I heard that. Because, you know, this is one of those things. And Randy Orton was even teasing getting signed with AEW, which would have been huge. Because, again, when Randy Orton wants to work, he's one of the best ever. He really is. And I think that there's a lot of flack that we can give for Randy Orton about being lazy in the ring. But if we're going to give him flack about it, we have to give Shinsuke Nakamura flack about it. Because Nakamura is napped during a couple of matches in his career. So, so there's, there, there's, there's so much good that happened on this one show. They told one of the best long-term, long-term book stories between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. And then they fucked everything up all the last two weeks on TV. Except for Cody Rhodes. It's the only thing they haven't fucked up. It's the only thing they haven't been like, what the fuck is this? They, they, put, they put on a fatal four-way for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. And the next night on Raw, they broke up one tag team and T's breaking up another one. So, you know, yeah. with you saying all of that, I want to go back to what you said about no one's going to sign with them if they mess up Cody. And that's true, but also the fact that Cody is the only one that they're doing well right now mm-hmm. says to me that no one should sign with them because you should not have to destabilize the rest of the company to give one person what they want. And I'm not saying that Cody necessarily did that, but I am saying that a, a entertainment, <laughs> a sports entertainment company <laughs> uh, should be able to weave together a lot of really great stories with all of the dedicated, highly skilled, hardworking people that they have. And it's a mm-hmm. big, it's a huge red flag to me. And it's why, you know, ultimately in the end, I don't, I don't understand going back to a company that treats the other wrestlers that I'm working with that way. I get yep. that I get that Cody has the long-term hope for his family legacy, for his father's legacy, and I think that's awesome. But I cannot imagine working for a company that treats the other people in it the way WWE does. And it is it's just extremely disturbing that that huge imbalance that happens. Yep. And it's one of those things that if you're not one of the top guys, if you're not one of the four horsewomen, and if your name isn't Bianca Belair, you don't fucking matter in this company. Because those are the stars and those are the people they care about. And the, I mean, so many, so much dumb shit has happened. And I haven't even talked about the fact that, that the Kevin Owens versus Steve Austin uh, no holds barred match was actually really good. Was it a five star match? No, but it was Steve Austin wrestling for the first time in 19 years, and he didn't need someone to make him look like a million dollars because I believe Stone Cold could wrestle in his sleep. But being out there with Kevin Owens, who is a super safe worker who makes everything look super real and stiff, just complimented everything Steve Austin has ever needed to do. 
And so if that got to be Steve Austin's last match. That was worthwhile. But so much shit. And they don't have to treat everyone like this. It's just they don't seem to know how to tell stories until they know how to tell stories, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch was one of the best built long-term pieces of storytelling that wasn't just they have a match and then a match and then a match and then a match and then a match and a match and a match and a match. Bianca actually got knocked all the way to the back of the line and had to fight her way back up to the top. Good. Well done. You told a story. But you told a story between two of your top five women and the rest of your women you don't seem to give a shit about. If your name yeah. isn't if your name isn't Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha Banks, or Bianca Belair, you don't matter. Because look at what they're doing with Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Better yet, don't fucking look. It's depressing. Look at what they're doing with Natalia. No, screw it. Don't look. It's depressing. Look what they're doing with fucking Shayna Baszler. Well, look what they have done with Shayna Baszler. No, don't look. It's depressing. It's it's just... So, here's my new revised plan. I'm going to give them until SummerSlam, but it's not going to be about whether or not SummerSlam is good. It is going to be about whether or not they can start telling stories from the low card to the top of the card well. And so, if you if you motherfuckers are listening to this, SummerSlam is in four months. It's in August. You have four months to not just put on a single good show, but to fix every fucking thing about your fucking multi-million dollar company that is still the largest wrestling company in the world, still has some of the best talent in the world, and that's my ultimatum. So, I, I can't unsub to Peacock because they fucking met my burden. So here's the new burden. Fix everything else now. <laughs> that is the challenge. And and I will be using our tiny little platform with our dozen or so listeners and our dozen or so Twitter Twitter followers to be saying you're the biggest company in the world. Fucking act like you can do your job. And don't come at me with, well, they make more money than every other company. They make their money by getting in bed with a regime that kills journalists. So don't talk to me about they make their how about the money they make, because then I'll talk to you about how they make their money. Okay? I am not a WWE fan anymore. I am giving them four months to correct this. And if they don't, then you know what? I'm going to just unsub and I'll follow WWE on YouTube. With my ad blocker turned on. Oh. And you will get no more money from me. So that's that. That's it. Did, did I love WrestleMania? Yes. Did I have a very good time watching it? Yes, I did. But then they went and fucked everything up over the last two weeks. So, you know, fuck this funky company. Let's talk about the rest of WrestleMania week. Did you get to watch anything, Emily? I did not. I okay. Yeah, I've been working on my house, like pressure is on <laughs> okay so, <laughs> so okay i'm i'm, I'm just going to talk about this quickly because we said we wanted to get this done in an hour or that's our that's our that's our goal i bought bangers only oh yeah i want to watch that really bad it was really good 
it could have it could have been better. Um, I think they had some issues with some of the production that was going on, but the matches were great. The commentary was great. The crowd was great. Uh, Mission Pro is just is just doing some of the best independent shows. You should be going out of your way to watch Mission Pro shows um, when you have time and or money. I didn't get to watch all of multiverses of multiverse of bat matches or super card of honor or blood sport or joy Janela spring spring break. But those cards were fucking stacked. And if you can, you should go watch those, those shows. Um, there are some amazing things that happen on all those. My personal favorites uh, Effie being chopped by Minoru Suzuki and then calling him a little bitch and telling him to hit harder. <laughs> that made that made my fucking weekend. Uh, is 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 watching a gay man tell murder grandpa you're a little bitch hit me harder. <laughs> we love you, Effie. We 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 love you so much. Thank you for existing. And the clip of the year. The best told story in wrestling is the rivalry between dirt sheet writer Sean Ross Sapp and Denise Hollywood Salcedo. If you didn't see this at the uh, Joey Janela Spring Break cl- uh, Clusterfuck Battle Royal, Denise Salcedo, all five feet of her, got in the ring, crotched SRS, and tossed him over the ropes to eliminate him. This this is this is like one of the best things about it, but the entire segment was one of the funniest things that you can watch. And so you should definitely first of all, Joy Janelle's spring break is a banger every time it happens. But Sean Ross Sapp comes out to no music with a microphone, just just starting to say he needs five dollars from everyone in the audience, or he's putting the entire show behind a paywall. <laughs> so he's like healing it up. And the pop that Denise got for crotching him and tossing him uh, over the rope, and they did a whole podcast about how the pot, uh, how the spot uh, 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 came together on the Tuesday after uh, WrestleMania weekend. So, Sean, Denise, stop killing the business. Come on, <laughs> keep up kayfabe for at least a week before you start revealing all the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, but yeah. Th- WrestleMania week is back. WrestleMania weekend is back. And while I might not ever watch another WrestleMania, it's still one of the best weekends and one of the best weeks in professional wrestling. So much good shit was there. Um, and again, WrestleMania was still very good. You know, it wasn't good though. What? You know, you, before 2019, what is the most looked forward to thing on our regular wrestling pay-per-view calendar. NXT takeovers. Oh, right, 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 right. Reliably, the best wrestling of any pay-per-view weekend was going to be whatever NXT was doing. Yeah. Stand and Deliver was fucking boring. And in some ways, it was bad. Man, I think boring has to be one of the worst, like the absolute worst things that you can call a wrestling show. I was so fucking bored. It, that is so disappointing. So frustrating. It just, and, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for a company 
to put on a boring show, especially a company with as much money as WWE has. It's ridiculous. I, I was not invested in anything. I didn't care about anything they were doing. I was bored to tears. And I, the tears were because at War Games, they showed that even without the TakeOver logo and this new NXT 2.0, they could still do a good show. I got to tell you, um, there was one good match on this show. Walter versus LA Knight, the former Eli Drake, was very good. Um, there was one acceptable. There, there were a couple of acceptable matches on the show. The triple threat tag team match, because when WWE wants to, they can do a tag team match. And the women's fatal four way match was okay. And I feel bad saying that because Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai are two of my favorite wrestlers. And I really, really am happy that Mandy Rose has gotten a long run with the NXT Championship because Mandy Rose has been an underrated women's wrestler for a very long time. She had a banger of a match uh, in her feud with Sonya Deville in the pandemic. And that feud was actually really good. So. I'm happy that they're trying to make Cora Jade into a star. They're failing miserably, by the way. But the you remember when the NXT North American Championship was introduced in the latter match that Adam Cole won? You remember that? Mm-hmm. That partic- that match, mm-hmm. that, that that five-star classic, that fucking awesome match. They had a fatal five-way ladder match for the NXT North American Championship and I don't think I've seen a more boring ladder match. Hmm. And the main event of Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker was just... (sighs) What is this even? And then the last couple of episodes of NXT uh, 2.0 TV have been... I'll, I'll say what Tempest of Wrestle Talk said. It's a baby show for babies. <laughs> it's really bad. It just <sighs> quit. Just, 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 just stop doing NXT altogether. If this is what you're going to do, call it something else. Call it anything else. Because, like, like, like. The the words NXT takeover like conjure up so much good shit and everything they've done to what was the most reliable promotion in the world from twenty fifteen to twenty twenty has just been sad. And I I I won't watch any more NXT stuff. I'm not even watching the weekly shows because I can't. Because Kevin Dunn's fucking camera mode. I barely watch the clips. Because I just, there's nothing I care. All right. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Let's talk about some good shit or at least some shit that's not fucking WWE. Is FTR the best tag team in the world right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You saw, I assume, I assume you saw their match with the Young Bucks, uh, FTR versus Young Bucks 2. 
Yes. How good is that match? It was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. I love FTR. I they I, just they just grow on me. Like, I mean, I fungus. I like I like them. No, <laughs> no, like a Moss? like a like a beautiful like a like a tree with like a beautiful fruit that's growing that's gonna mm. be delicious. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't had dinner yet, so I guess that's <laughs> yeah. Um. And they've had nothing but bangers. They made the ass oh, yeah. boys look good. And oh, yeah. to be fair, Rod and Todd ass are actually very good. <laughs> They're just very green. That's They're their names, young. right? That's that's their names, They're, right? They're young guys, though, aren't they? Rod aren't and they... Rod and Todd Rod and Todd Ass, yes, I believe they're very young. And they're being managed by their father, uh, Billy Ass. <laughs> Look, Billy Ass has said that's his name. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what this gun club is that that people are talking about. Those are ass boys. It's the ass um, family. Yeah, and they uh, they all live at the ass ranch. <laughs> Danhausen said he was going to go see them at the ass ranch, so I, I'm guessing they all live at the ass ranch. So, but yeah, uh, and then the match at Supercard of Honor with the Briscoes was fantastic. Definitely, definitely the highlight of Supercard of Honor, which is already a banging show. Um. Yeah, I, 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 can they do wrong? Is kind of my question at this point. And now they're setting up a feud with Red Dragon after Red Dragon lost to um, Jurassic Express again, which again, you know, sign me up because I think Kyle O'Reilly might be the best worker in the world, and watching him work a match with FTR is just like, you know, I'm drooling. I, w- I want more of this. I want, I want a, I want a seven match series between these two. Um, and of course there's so, so much history because F- because, uh, red dragons held the ring of honor, uh, titles so many times. So yeah. Um, and then we're going to get, Somewhere down the road, probably at All Out. I hope at All Out. We're going to get FTR versus the Bucks 3. Yeah. And I hope they just, they just let that burn and bubble and build. And FTR turning face is just... It's so good. It was really brilliant. It was it's, re- it's, it's, really, it's really well done. And this is the thing, too, with AEW that I love. Like, their storytelling is so long term and everything happens like in sort of real time the way relationships and um interactions between like coworkers or colleagues i mean it's it all has like a very natural unforced flow and if you're used to watching wwe i think it can it can at first be confusing or frustrating because they're not telling you what to think. <laughs> they're giving you the, uh, the unfolding story and your mm-hmm. interpretation as a viewer matters and even shapes that story, which is amazing because a lot of, I, I actually just like thinking about this out loud, just stumbled on this. There's an aspect of, of AEW and watching it and being a fan and interacting that 
it's almost like a tabletop role playing game because there's mm-hmm. there you know there's give and take there's give and take between Tony who is the GM <laughs> Tony Khan and then all the players and then as a fan you're one of the players as well because they listen to us and it's it's just amazing and it's really you know when when AEW started it was one of the first things that i had to adjust and get used to is being able to actually read a match again and not be like given or told what is happening by announcers or you know do you know what i'm saying like i had to like learn to read a good wrestling match again even though i had been watching new japan and watching other promotions you know there's it's 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 different like it just really is so mm-hmm. and ftr is a good ftr's journey and what is going to like be coming in the future for them is a good example of that yep um and speaking about ftr and great tag teams Let's talk a little bit about the Briscoes. Now, yes. Because the Briscoes have been one of the best tag teams for the last 20 years. They're in the conversation with the Young Bucks, with Red Dragon, with FTR, with the Usos, and with the New Day. And I'm just talking North American tag teams because if we get into Japanese tag teams, we're going to be here all night. And if we get into British tag teams, we're going to be here all night. But that right now is like my kind of top five tag teams of the last two decades that have debuted in the last two decades. So the Briscoes, FTR, Young Bucks, Red Dragon, sorry, six, Usos and New Day. I think the Briscoes are very much in that company. They should be treated like they're in that company, but they have been blackballed. Apparently, Warner Media does not want the Briscoes uh, on their TV because of some very homophobic remarks that Jay Briscoe has said in the past. Now, Full credit to Jay Briscoe. He went on a podcast. Uh, let me get it up here. Yeah, he went, I have it. I have it up as well. Yeah. So he went on. He went on a podcast uh, to talk about this stuff. No. So yeah. Uh, Do you, I, yeah. What is what is the name of the podcast? I can't see it on this. Um, I don't know. I got this off of wrestling. Or okay, it was on the Battleground podcast ah, with. Yes. Uh, so here, here's the thing, though. The, this is the thing. He apologized. He apologized again very sincerely. He said, um, I don't want people to think they can't cheer for us because we hate a certain group of people because we don't hate nobody. This is a quote. We love everybody. We're just some country boys. I thought I was taking a stand for the Lord back in the day. And then, um, so Mark Briscoe said in response during this interview, you realized from that immaturity that that's not what, that that's not what you were doing because God loves above anything and that love trumps anything else. What you thought you were doing, taking a stand for the Lord was actually counterproductive to the kingdom of God not only to being a human being and relating with other humans that we live with and love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that is, that shows a lot of growth and maturity because for them to take a stand like that and attach it to their faith in God, when there's still a large swath of, 
you know, evangelical and fundamentalist Christians in the U.S. who are just virulently anti-gay. Um, and so for, for them to, to actually change and grow and realize that, no, that is not what their faith actually requires of them. It's not what God wants for them in their lives. Um, I mean, that's huge. That's, that's, that's a difficult uh, transformation for most people to make because their relationships within their own families and their own religious communities like like prohibit them from making that kind of growth like it's hard for people and so I'm not saying put them on tv but I am saying this is a good example of someone who who you know committed a, a hateful act and over time learned from it and grew as a person and now nine years later is able to specifically say why it's wrong and that is that's important i am saying they should be signed i am saying that there's reason for trepidation and i am saying that um you know, first of all, all the arguments that you made. This is why. This is why I do a podcast with the Reverend. <laughs> even though I am, even though I myself am a religious religious scholar, my my focus is a little bit more on general religion. When it comes to like you know modern interpretations of the Bible, I'm a little bit behind. That's why I like having Emily around. <laughs> uh, so, and it's it's important. To, it's important to know. It's important to know these things. And it's important to think about these things. And second chances matter. Yeah. And I cannot. Square this blackballing of the Briscoes when you have regularly featuring on AEW TV Jake Hager and Chris Jericho. Right, right, absolutely. I... Because Chris Jericho is is a is is as a Trump voting conservative. Right. And Jake Hager, and I'm not saying that either of these guys should be off TV. Jake Hager attacked a 14 year old girl who's trying to fight climate change. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, that's all more recent, too. And yeah. they haven't apologized, you know. Chris nope. Jericho hasn't, as as great of a wrestler and he as he is, he hasn't addressed the fact that his wife was at the January 6th insurrection at mm -hmm. the Capitol. And yeah, it's his wife, not him. But, I mean, that's disturbing. And yep. the thing is, if you, to your point of signing them, putting them on TV, it would be a great opportunity to address what they did wrong, say why it was wrong, and repeat what they said. And it would be a great example because there are a lot of Christian fans of wrestling and there are a lot of Christian wrestlers that, you know, religion and wrestling have gone kind of hand in hand and in some ways still do. And a lot of wrestlers are very open about their religious beliefs, including wrestlers in AEW who are Christian, but don't appear to have um you know any hateful uh f you know feelings or beliefs based on what they've said publicly so this would be a great opportunity to showcase that story and that change is possible and i guarantee you it would influence some people to well, also change like flip I it over to the other side though flip it over to the other side too because it also shows you know because you have and I'm going to steal, steal a line from Jamie Kilstein in a debate he had with John Fugel saying, you also have fundamentalist atheists out there who don't believe that religious people 
are smart or can change, mm-hmm. etc. And to have that statement by Jay Briscoe, by Mark Briscoe, which was very well thought out, and you know, and again, it's it's demonstrating the growth and change that people can have. You know, yeah. I I have not talked about this a lot. There's a Lutheran church on my way to work. In 2019, for Pride Month, they put out a trans flag and a gay pride flag. And where most places took those flags down after June, they just fucking left them up. Yeah. They only took them down last week to replace them with new ones because they were so weather beaten. <laughs> I love that. Yep. And 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 so I think I think it's important for I think it's important for all people to see this kind of contrition and growth. Not and 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 here's the other thing that's that's surprising for a lot of people. There have been a lot of articles about this this very issue. Wrestling fans are more to the left than any other major sports sports fans. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, because wrestling is actually super inclusive and super great. Yeah. Um, and that's that's troubling for a lot of old school wrestling fans. I mean, you just. If you want an example of this, and I'm going to keep bringing him up because he's still out there and he's still a voice that we have to contend with. Like, there is no one in this country more anti-conservative than Jim Cornette. He goes on the biggest anti-Trump rant at the start of almost every one of his podcasts from 2017 to 2021. And that is a hard circle to square for a lot of people pun intended <laughs> because you hear someone like Jim Cornette talk with that with that Kentucky drawl of his and you assume that he's a good old boy and mm. in some ways he very much is but in a lot of important ways he very much isn't and these are these are things that people need to need to have put in front of them to challenge their preconceived notions about yeah. what people are because that's the great thing about media like there's so much crap that people make about representation in media and representation for representation's sake. Representation is just fucking good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking good. And speaking about representation, Jade motherfucking Cargill is the best. <laughs> Jade, we love you. We so love you. We love the baddie section and we love <laughs> the pictures with the Boston baddie. Oh my goodness! Because the the, the batting section could have gone so wrong. Yeah, it could have gone so bad in so many ways. And the fact that Jade took the time to take that picture with the Boston baddie, this big hairy guy who's got his Boston baddie shirt on, wanted to be in the batty section, and Jade taking pictures with him after the show because they didn't want to sit him in the bat, they didn't want to seat him in the batty section, despite the fact he's wearing a baddie's t-shirt. <laughs> and she's like, if you don't bring this much energy to this to the baddie section, don't even try. And I'm just like, it it could have been, it could have been this this opportunity for really negative body shaming. Instead, it was baddie isn't about how good you look; it's about the kind of fan you are. 
Jade Cargill is the fucking best. <laughs> She's That's the, the best. Spirit of being a baddie. I love mm-hmm. it. I, I love. love it. I love everything about it. I love. <laughs> we, uh, we we even said on Twitter that this that this podcast might have to just become a Jade Cargill appreciation show, or might just have to do a second <laughs> show all about Jade Cargill because she keeps on doing shit like this. Yes. Um, yeah. She's so good. She really. I mean, and you know, yeah. she's she's using like her platform and the power that she has um, to not only be entertaining, but you know, to also just really be a, a voice for un- underrepresented people. And I love that. Like, you know, I mean, she's just she's totally herself, and it's just awesome. It's just really awesome to be a positive force in the universe so yes all right now we got to bring it down a little bit because we got to talk about control your narrative not <laughs> oh, being no. very good at controlling their narrative <laughs> i know man they i i don't even know if they tried honestly oh my like, god they had first a good of all idea. they had a good idea when they start when they were getting ready to start right but this is why you can't just start uh, something like this with like two or three people like you. <laughs> and we did a we did a whole thing where you talked about control your narrative and work. I'm still kind of excited for this because I like the ideas they're putting out about what they're doing. I liked EC3's interview with Chris Van Vliet. Of course, Chris Van, Chris Van Vliet gets a good interview out of almost anyone. Um, and he's only interviewed The Rock like, what, eight times? So... <laughs> He doesn't ever talk about it. He never mentions it, nor does he like mention his five Emmy wins. So, uh, yeah, because he's a humble guy, just humble, uh, beautiful, beautiful man. And Chris, <laughs> Chris, um, Chris, uh, can, can, can you call us? Like, not, not, not Emily. Call me and Dia because um, I showed her your pictures and uh, yeah. Uh, so, wow, and oh wow, I'm just a little thirsty. <laughs> um, anywho, talking about control your narrative uh adam Shear just shouldn't talk first of all yeah that's probably a good idea the former braun Strowman cannot be on social media without sticking his foot directly in his mouth and i one of the best things to say about adam Shear as braun Strowman is he got over with me because i don't fall into the vince mcmahon likes big sweaty men trap and the number of monsters he keeps he keeps putting out who can't fucking wrestle because mm. they can't fucking wrestle. Braun Adam can wrestle, does wrestle, is good at his job. He is a terrible talker on the microphone. He is an even worse person on social media, not because he's an inherently bad person, but because there's some disconnect between what he means and what he says. And I don't think that he thinks before he hits center <laughs> and we're all guilty of that sometime, but he's guilty of it all the time. Yeah. Now, EC three is a good talker has been a good public face, but he retweeted something and then he wrote to his own tweet you RT'd this, though, is that for attention? And then he replied to his... So he forgot to switch between his accounts. 
because he was trying to promote it by by doing the old Edgar Allan Poe and the and the Baltimore Sun trick. For those of you who don't know, Edgar Allan <laughs> Poe. Once, ref- that's a great reference. Yeah, Poe <laughs> once wrote a letter uh, slamming himself to the Baltimore Sun, and then wrote a letter defending himself, and then had a whole fight with himself in the Baltimore Sun for quite a while. Um, EC3 trying to do that botched it because you can't do it if you're doing it with yourself. And this was uh, mercifully uh, screen capped for all posterity. This happened yesterday by um, by uh, WrestleCringe on Twitter. Uh, I am retweeting it now because I hadn't already. And yeah. Guys, guys, trying to generate buzz doesn't work. Buzz has to happen organically because otherwise you're astroturfing your buzz and no one wants to play an astroturf. Fucking stop it. Okay. We were excited for Control Your Narrative. Now I'm more excited to sit here and watch Tire Fire. Because that's what it feels like it's becoming. Emily? (laughs) (sighs) What do you think about all this? Um, they really need to invest some money in hiring some good marketing contractors. So here's my advice for Control Your Narrative at EC3. Go on Upwork. Go to (laughs) Upwork.com. Post some job openings. If you hire some contractors, you don't have to cover their taxes because they're independent contractors and they can help you get started and you might find some people to become permanent full-time employees and help grow your company. So that mm-hmm. is my advice <laughs> for them. And that's and I, sage advice from a raven. This is my advice based on working for an educational startup uh, for the last few years. So please... Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And also, thank you, Russell Cringe, for being a really, really good um, uh, resource because that being preserved for posterity is just great. All right. Uh, we're, 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 running, we're running a little bit longer than we wanted to, but we're still going to cover everything. Um, really quick, we assume there's going to be a Ring of Honor TV show. Do we have room for another weekly TV show? I mean, Ring of Honor will need a weekly show in order for them to build stories and characters and develop things. But do we have room in our schedule to watch Ring of Honor? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I want to. I just... <laughs> yeah. You know, I I think... I think it would be great to have it, and I hope I could find the time to do it. You know, it's something that I'm working on. I'm trying to work on um, after I move, kind of like rebalancing my weekly schedule because there there are areas that have kind of gotten out of control, and I want to spend more time doing fun things like watching wrestling. So Mm -hmm. my hope right now is that, you know... In a few weeks from now, after I've moved, finished painting my house, moved to my house, (laughs) unpacked everything, that I will have time. So, you know, if if you're listening to this and you're another fan who's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to have time for another show, I I hear you. And 
I invite you to also maybe reevaluate whether or not you can rearrange some stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's possible, but yep, that's my take on it. And, you know, there's so much good wrestling out there that, like, really, really needs to be watched. Um, New Japan is killing it. Stardom yeah. is really killing it. Like, uh, Kyrie Hojo returning to stardom is just... Uh, just like all the stuff that Stardom is doing, I hope EO goes back to Stardom. Actually, yeah, I, I I fear for what will happen if they pull her up to the main roster. Um, and it's one of the reasons why it's so easy to not watch weekly WWTV and just kind of like check out the reports and the clips on YouTube with the ad blocker turned on, um, because there's so much better wrestling. Wrestling is better elsewhere. WWE doesn't need to exist. I will follow Cody because I'm captivated by that and the story that he's telling. But yeah, I want a Ring of Honor show, but it's actually after AEW and then I want to start watching Stardom stuff. I want to start watching more Joshi stuff. (coughs) Excuse me. Which is why we all need to, on Sundays, tune in to Church of Joshi. Go to church, everyone. <laughs> Other church can wait. Church of Joshi is first. Um, they're doing great stuff. Um, and I want to start yeah, watching. They are. I want to start watching uh, more New Japan stuff. I want to start watching now that the British independents are getting back on their feet. Progress is one of my favorite things ever. Progress is like one of my legit favorite promotions ever. I want to start watching GCW as it's coming. Or, yeah. No, PWG and GCW and Impact, because Impact has been killing it. Um, and Impact has one of the best booked women's divisions in the world. Like they are right up there with stardom as far as how well their women's women's division has been booked. So there's just so much good shit to watch that you don't have to watch WWE. Although I'm going to keep checking out their pay-per-views and stories until SummerSlam, and then I'm I'm sub to Peacock if they can't fix everything. That's the burden they have now. You met your burden for WrestleMania events, but you haven't met your burden anymore. (laughs) And at $5 you're getting a month from me via Peacock, Vince, soon. Soon you won't have that anymore. And then where will you be? Out $5 a month, Vince. You'll be out $5 a month. You motherfucker. You know that's a lot of money to him. <laughs> I know a penny is a lot of money to Vince. I, I think I, he cares about a quarter of a penny. Yeah. <laughs> if he saw half a penny on the ground, he would pick it up. <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would run over a dog to pick up a quarter of a penny. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, All right. sell the dog to the dog's body to science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. And, and 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 remember just a couple of months ago we were saying we should be nicer to Vince because he's an old man and No, now we're you just, said yeah. that. I never I never agreed to do that. <laughs> you said that. That's not how we're telling this. I retained I, I have I have editing control over the show. <laughs> I'm gonna edit so Emily is saying, Yeah, we should have been nicer to no. Vince. No, no. I will never lose my skepticism and mistrust of that man. Because that's how you stay safe from toxic people. (laughs) Nor should you. But let's talk. Let's let's talk very quickly because we wanted to be done in an hour, and we're almost going to make it. Um, 
tomorrow is Battle of the Belts, which we're getting we're getting an extra hour of AEW programming Woo. on TV. Woo. And the Rampage tonight is already going to be really good, but this will not come out before Rampage. Hopefully, I'll get this out tomorrow morning. So we have three killer matches on Battle of the Belts tomorrow. We have all championship matches. Thunder Rosa defending against Nyla Rose. I don't have to ask who you have. You don't have to <laughs> ask who I have. We both have Thunder Rosa. Yep. But this should be a an absolute banger of a match. Um, and it, it's amazing how they're able to book Nyla Rose effectively and still have her come off as a beast because too often when you have giants in women's divisions, like there's only, there's only like two wrestlers on the planet uh, currently who match up physically with Nyla Rose and it's Jade Cargill and, 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 um, and Charlotte Flair are big enough physically to give you the sense that they'd be on a physical, even playing field. And the fact that Nyla doesn't have to win all the time to continue to still be feared, and yet she does win quite a bit. Um, this should be a very good match. This should be a really, really good match. Thunder Rosa can work with anybody. How excited are you for this match? Oh, I'm incredibly excited. You know, I I really like Nyla Rose a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, and like in real life on Twitter, she's hilarious as well. So her Twitter um, feed is the best feed. It's so entertaining. You know, she's, I, w- I would say she's not, like, my favorite wrestler, but I really like her a lot. And I think she's mm-hmm. she's um, en- really enjoyable to watch. So it's going to be a great match. She's a great heel. She's great with Vicky. It's, like, the perfect pairing, the, the mm-hmm. two of them. Um, and I I just want to see Thunder, Thunder Rosa just, like, just, just really... <laughs> just really like go to town uh in that match and nyla as well like i think it's gonna be good so yep our second match on battle of the belts is sammy guevara versus scorpio sky scorpio sky is defending the tnt title (sighs) these guys are both terrific wrestlers and this booking has been shit see 90 percent of what we say about AEW is good but i'm done with land with dan lambert I'm where you were months ago, where I was like, <laughs> he's still he's still an entertaining heel. But I also don't like the relationship stuff in wrestling the way it typically gets booked. And I think that I actually think that Sammy and Ty Conti would be better heels than they are faces because they're so pretty and so arrogant. Mm. Just just my general thought. Um, I feel like Scorpio Sky hasn't has been overshadowed as a TNT champion as a TNT champion. I don't think that's right. And I'm down for this match because it's going to be a good match, but I have not enjoyed this build. Just, you know, put us put a sock in Dan Lambert's mouth and <laughs> use an entire roll of duct tape on his head. Because I'm done. I'm just done. Just... I was entertained before. Now I'm just like, this. what do you think about this match? Well, I I mean, they're good wrestlers, so I think it's going to be entertaining. I can't say I'm super invested in it. 
So, I'm not invested at all. I want to be because I love Scorpio Sky. Yeah, and it's really a shame that I'm not. And I do think that Dan Lambert is a big part of that. And, you know, I see people talking about how funny he is and that they like him. And and I'm just like, what do, what do, what do you see in this guy? Like, I don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. So it kind of, that kind of overshadows this match for me, unfortunately. What I liked about Dan Lambert was he had the kind of heat with me that I wanted to see him get punched in the face. Yeah, I don't want to feel that way. I would rather, I, I, I just, I don't, yeah, I don't like that feeling. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's a very old school wrestling feeling, and yeah. I kind of like that. But recently, his heat has been go away heat with me. I don't want to see him get punched mm. in the face. I just don't want to see him. Mm-hmm. And that's that really started when he started calling out Brandy Rhodes. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is sexist and it's not good. Just it was horrible. And I just, was constantly scared like of where it was going. And I was like, oh, this is just like mm-hmm. not it's it was not good at all. Yep. So I'm just kind of like I want Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky to be away from Dan Lambert and America's Top Team. And I'm pretty much done with MMA fighters who don't know how to do pro wrestling coming in to pro wrestling because your matches are boring. Yeah. And you're mid. You're basic <laughs> and you're mid. And we're done with you. We don't watch UFC for a reason. It's bloody and boring. We watch AEW because it's bloody and awesome. Sorry that we don't like your real fighting. We prefer our (laughs) fake fighting over your real fighting. Go eat a bag of dicks. Our fighting isn't fake. It's staged. It's real. It's still real to you? How dare you? I know, I know. (laughs) I keep breaking breaking Emily's, Emily's mark heart. You can't do this to me. I live in kayfabe world. <laughs> I know. But speaking of kayfabe world, the what will probably be the um, the main event of this lovely little hour-long card is Jonathan Gresham defending the Ring of Honor title against, I will say it, the greatest Ring of Honor champion of all time. I'm very excited. <laughs> Dalton Castle, who is being advertised... With the boys. Yes. I'm so excited. I'm so ready for this. I've been, this is like a, seeing him on an AEW show like this um, is on TV, I will specify, uh, is amazing. I'm very excited. Dalton, we love you so much. <laughs> I, I, I am just like enamored with everything Dalton Castle does. I loved his match with Cody Rhodes, the Ring of Honor Championship. I love all the promo spots he does. I loved the spot he did with uh, Jay Lethal when he was just debuting in Ring of Honor. Um, I, I love the way he used the boys. There's a really great uh, uh, interview with him and Bobby Fish uh, that everyone should go watch on YouTube. The whole thing is up there. Go watch his matches. He had a banger of a match with Okada once. Um just like, oh, I love Dalton Castle so much. He's so fucking good at everything he does. I, I I can't wait for this. This is like the highlight of the week. And it's like, you know, there's, there's the match. Uh, and Jonathan Gresham, 
we're, we're shortchanging Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham is one of the best up-and-coming talents in professional wrestling. He is so fucking good. Like, this match is going to be worth your time. Get the popcorn and get yourself a beer and watch a wrestling match. Because two out of the three shows, two out of the three matches in the show are bangers. And I am super pumped for Battle of the Belts. And I love that AEW keeps doing these things. It's like, didn't, didn't, didn't another company used to do occasional Saturday night pay-per-view worthy shows? And what was it called? Was it, it was called Saturday Main Events? What was that company that used to do that? And it was like must-watch TV if you're a wrestling fan. It's like that company doesn't exist anymore. Huh. <laughs> it's like they can't do anything right anymore. Gee, wonder what happened to them. Yeah. All right. My dripping sarcasm is done. And we are pretty much done with this episode of Anna and Ellie Russell Podcast. We want to thank you guys all for listening. Uh, really, seriously, it helps a lot. It gives us the strength to go on because we we, we, we charge from the energy of the crowd. <laughs> no, we charge from the energy of friendship because friendship is magic. That's right. I never, I will say that I never try to steal energy from a crowd when I get, when I am in front of other people. <laughs> nope. But if you are interested in more of what we're doing, you can go, you can go follow us on Twitter over at Anne Emily Pod. We've been a little too busy for our Twitter feeds recently, but we've had some good stuff there. I did a whole lot of uh, live tweeting stuff uh, for WrestleMania, and I did those two twit longers, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, you can follow the show host. You can follow Emily at 8BitEmily, which she'll be back to when she's done painting her house. Well, you'll see a little bit. You'll see some tweets on there. Mm-hmm. And you can follow me at Anne underscore Elise. I've been doing a little bit of tweeting recently, but I'm a little too busy right now with both jobs. More on that some other time. If you want to email us with questions or comments, you can do it at a and e wrestle pod at gmail.com and you can follow the show on spotify google play and apple podcasts anywhere you get your podcasting we're probably there except for amazon because i don't know what the fuck amazon's problem is i just don't i don't know what the problem is so yeah um we are also doing lots of other shows uh we debuted the first episode of view for fun our tv and film podcast it's going to be every month Emily was on the Q for Fun podcast, which is our video game podcast, mostly covering Heroes of the Storm, but also talking about women in games, women in the game industry, and women in esports, and whatever games the hosts are playing at any given time. She gave us a 10-minute elevator pitch on why we should try <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV. I don't understand what an elevator pitch means. I just I, know. Can't, I can't do it. I just It was can't. great. It was great. It was everything you said was great. You didn't get me to install the game, but it was still great. I literally um, went into an altered state of consciousness and could not stop talking about it. Yes, but that's because you were sharing your love and that's why we had you on the show. <laughs> we're also bringing back anime sweater with myself and Sophia Shea and Sophia Shea who just got back from seeing her seven Korean boyfriends live in concert in Vegas will be starting her BTS podcast called Becoming Army, and we hope you tune in for all of that. 
the Q Girls Network is what we're actually uh, uh, a part of, and we're going to actually be doing more with that network going forward. I also want to shout out to an adjacent podcast of ours, uh, Wicked Kitten, who's a co-host of mine on Q for Fun, has just published her latest episode of the Gore Podcast, which you can find at Gore Podcast on Twitter, uh, in which she and her uh, co-host talked about the classic movie Psycho. And you should definitely go listen to that. If you like horror or you like film, Wicked Kitten's Gore Podcast is definitely a podcast you should be listening to. And so we want to thank you for supporting us and for supporting all the work that we do. We don't make money off of this. We're not trying to make money off of this. We're just here to have fun. We do it because it's fun. And with that, we're going to close the show. Emily, do you have any last words before we uh, send the crowd home happy? I don't. <laughs> All right. She wants dinner. I have to go to work. So without further ado, we'd like to wish you all adieu and say goodbye and good night. Bang. We miss you, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs>